What's up, everybody? Rebecca Johnson here, and I just wanted to let you all know that this episode of Supergirl Radio was recorded on July 27th, and the first look at Tyler Hecklin as Superman was released the very next day on July 28th. So when you hear Morgan and me speculating on what was said about his suit at San Diego Comic-Con, that was all before we saw the picture. We'll have talk about Tyler Superman next time, but for now, enjoy this episode that includes my story about legendary actor Ed Asner, why Morgan decides to train in the mountains with Kenny G, and all of the scraps of information we could dig up about the second season of Supergirl. The Supergirl cast visits San Diego. Sarah Schechter reveals who is in the pod. And we cover all the news from San Diego Comic-Con. This is Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode, we are going to talk about all of the Supergirl news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con 2016. But before we get to that, Morgan, I know you went to San Diego, so would you tell us a little bit about your experience? Sure. Um, I just got back this uh, this week from San Diego Comic-Con, and it was, as it always is, awesome. Uh, it's always uh, it's always something I look forward to every year going there. It's so, so overwhelming uh, when you're there and so exhausting. Uh, but you get back and you're like, oh, I want to go back. It's like nerd summer camp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they had a lot of DC stuff there. Um, they On preview night, they showed the Riverdale I guess that's maybe not DC, but it's, uh, you know. It's, Ber- uh, it's the Berlanti Berlanti verse, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed the Riverdale pilot, which I heard was, eh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they also showed Powerless, uh, which I was actually in the room. Uh, I, I did the press room for, which is going to be on NBC. It's um, a comedy about basically like the insurance claims adjusters who like come in after the – superheroes get done like destroying the town to like save everyone uh and it looks like it's going to be really funny it's got uh danny pudi from community it's got vanessa hudgens high school musicals vanessa hudgens (laughs) um and it has alan tudyk who unfortunately never got to our press table Uh, so i did not get to live out my dreams of meeting wash in person (laughs) but (laughs) um but it sounds like it's going to be a a pretty funny show and it looks like it's got a, a good cast and uh and hopefully, I think I I can't remember offhand if that's a mid season show, or um or a fall show. But I feel like it's a mid season show. I'm really looking forward to that one. I think that's a, a different take on the superhero genre on TV. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And uh, what I found interesting was a lot of people were asking the producers, like, "Do you see this as like a reaction to the glut of like superhero stories that are, you know, every few months we get a superhero movie? There's like ten superhero TV shows on TV. Is this like a reaction to that? Is it like a cynical reaction to the superhero stories?" And what they said was, "No." They said, "You know, we love." these superhero stories we love the dc universe we just wanted to play around in it we just wanted to make a funny show in that universe which i thought was great like um there there is a version of that show i'm sure that is very cynical uh, but it doesn't sound like that's the version that they're making 
That's awesome. Well, and there was a, a whole bunch of DC stuff there, and I've never been to San Diego, so I, I've only heard the terminology. This is not this, Dragon Con is my world, because so, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm on the other side of the country in the South in Atlanta. So uh, we, that's that's where I. I go to live out all of my nerd dreams. And so we don't have this terminology at Dragon Con because it's a whole bunch of different hotels that you go through. Um, but I, I know people talk about walking the floor. Um, oh, what, yes. What, what, what is the experience there like? Because I, I saw pictures of a bunch of DC stuff. They had the Supergirl costume there. I don't know if you got a chance yeah. to go around and see any of that. They had so much cool stuff on the floor. Um, they were actually doing, I think it was Wonder Woman's 75th anniversary. Yep. So one of the cool things that I got to do um, was that they had an invisible jet unveiling. <laughs> they were going to unveil Wonder Woman's vis- invisible jet. So this was like the first, one of the first nights of the convention. It was preview night. And it wasn't in the convention. It was like a couple of blocks away. So uh, me and a friend went down there. And we're going like, I really just hope that they pull the cover down and it's nothing. Like <laughs> that's <laughs> like what I would invisible. do. That's it's what like I an would emperor do. has no clothes situation, and like we all have to pretend, like, pl- <laughs> like clap, clap politely, pretend like we're seeing something. Uh, it turned out it was a jet that was invisible. It was like clear, right? And it was like on a cloud. I was I was disappointed. I wanted it to be not there, oh uh, and people could go in and get their pictures taken. But what? was really really cool and i'll have to see if i can dig up these pictures maybe we can post them to the supergirl radio um, instagram but they had artists who were doing different interpretations of wonder woman Mm. so they had like one artist was doing it in spray paint and it was like a hyper realistic photo of like gail godot's wonder woman it was really really cool uh, and they were just, they were doing the art right there in front of us as we were all like milling around getting drinks. And it was really neat to watch. That is so cool. Yeah, we're definitely, po- now we're posting that to the <laughs> Instagram account because I want to see this. Um, so that's awesome. <laughs> it's funny because I heard about the invisible jet too. And I was like, well, y'all don't know. Her invisible jet's always parked in my driveway. I don't know why yeah, everybody's God. so excited. It's always in my driveway. Yeah, it's like, how, how did that get down to San Diego? Uh, I was sure that's outside. Come on, guys. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Well, and I know that you, you made me so jealous because you sent me a picture of the Superman statue from Batman v Superman. I was so jealous. Of course. I, I soon, It was funny because it was outside of um, the convention center. So if you've never been to San Diego Comic-Con, it literally does take up all of um, San Diego's gas lamp district. There's literally nowhere you can hide from it. Like if you just happen to go to San Diego that weekend and you're not into this stuff, like – Uh oh, Um, (laughs) because it's literally everywhere. So across the street from the convention center, I'm walking along and I'm like, I I have to stop. I have to take this picture for Rebecca. They had the uh, big statue of Superman um, from uh, from the movie. And they also had um, I don't know if I got snapped a picture of this, but they had like the Batmobile and all the stuff from Batman v Superman. Um, that was just sort of out there that you could like take pictures with or that you could, uh, you know, see up close. It was very neat. Yeah, that's cool. I saw the Batmobile, uh, the Ben Affleck Batman, uh, the Batfleck, the Batfleck Batmobile, the, the Batmobile, um, back in January when I went to the Warner Brothers studio tour, but I have not seen the Superman statue. I think they have it at the DC exhibit out there now. So I've got to plan another trip to Los Angeles just so I can go see (laughs) heroes park reenacted. Um, so that's really, really cool. I'm glad they do that kind of stuff. Um, well, awesome. I I hope you had a good time and I hope you've recovered. I have, (laughs) I I did. I I had a very good time. Yeah. I know those weekends are always really like crazy because you're constantly doing something. And then when you finish, you're like, Oh, what did I just do to myself? I know. I felt like I needed a vacation for my vacation when yeah. I got back, to be honest. I was like, I'm so tired. That, that, that means you had a good time. That's, exactly. That's a successful convention. So awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that and making all of us jealous. Um, but now let's get to the news. So now we are going to dive into all of the interviews, panels, and quotes that came out of this year's San Diego Comic-Con about Supergirl. 
Um, but just as a word of warning, there will be some spoilers, not a lot because they didn't give <laughs> us, they didn't give us a lot of information this time around, but there will be some spoilers for season two. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to hear anything, then, uh, just, uh, skip it a, a lot ahead or, um, you know, uh, just stay with us if you want to hang, uh, hang in for this, but there will be some spoilers. Um, speaking of which the big thing that came out of the Supergirl panel was, the uh, p- the partial answer, I think, is fair to say of who's in the pod. Um, during the Supergirl panel, we learned that actor Chris Wood, who uh, some casting and news came out from TVLine.com, that actor Chris Wood would be playing a surprise DC Comics character and that his character, whoever he is, um, will be the character in the pod. Um, so we don't know who he's playing, so I guess that's still a mystery, but I don't know, Morgan, I was kind of bummed, I was kind of bummed that they were like, hey, we're gonna tell you who's in the pod. Yeah, I was too, I, I, I I think I've, I've maybe said this before, but I was like, I feel like we've waited this long, what's a couple of months, like, we're almost, we're almost there, maybe that's not one of the things I felt like I needed to to find out at Comic-Con actually. Right, right. But it's what we learned. Yeah, I was I was really hoping we would get more casting announcements for like villains and stuff, but yeah, I was really shocked uh, for them to come out and just blatantly say who was in the pod. Yeah, me too. And I just had to look up uh, who Chris Woods was or Chris Wood because I did not at all recognize the name. And it turns out that he was on uh, the Vampire Diaries, the Carrie Diaries, and most recently he was on Containment, which was a show that aired on the CW that I uh, actually watched a couple of episodes uh, of so that I could review it. I could say that his character um, really irritated me because he would never wear his mask, even though it was an epidemic situation and people were like literally dying, bleeding, dying on top of him. And he would just be like, all he would wear was like a visor, I guess. It, like, so it wouldn't like, it wouldn't like block his very beautiful face, but like, which I get, but like, it's, I mean, you don't want to die in a sea right. of blood. Like, so, and he like, never, he never just, got sick. I, I, you know what, to be honest, I only made it like four or five in. So <laughs> he, he might've died. Maybe the he end was that he finally caught the virus. Or that maybe it turns out that his sexiness was like a shield it that was him blocking immunity him. Somehow. Yes, like a sexy immunity. Maybe that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, I, I don't. I, I assume this hits down the theories that Streaky or Crypto are in the pod. Um, so a little upset about that. I mean, he, maybe Chris Wood is playing Streaky. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it could maybe happen. Uh, but we we know half of the mystery now, uh, so that I guess that was something, even though it wasn't quite what I was hoping we would get. But it was something. Yeah, uh, not as much information as I thought we would get out of um, out of the the press or the panels, and yet more than I wanted to know. I guess it's <laughs> yeah. kind of a kind of a weird. <laughs> I, I, I think I think we're uh, maybe we had high expectations and we're a little greedy, but also I don't know what's the opposite of of all of that. I don't know. We we <laughs> have like, this. I I wanted to know more, but not as much. Right, right. We're <laughs> we're walking a weird line there. We are. Um. So some uh some scoop that we got about Supergirl and uh, and Kara and what's coming up for her in the roundtable interviews uh, that they always do at Comic Con. Uh, Melissa Benoist said that Kara uh, chooses a job that she knows she's not going to be uh, good at doing, which I think is interesting mm-hmm. because that seems like the opposite of what you would do. Yeah. You think that you would go pick something that you're like, oh, I'm going to be great at that, but Kara is like, you know what? I'm great at everything. What would it be like to fail? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, good for her. Maybe she's uh, wanting to learn something, learn a new trade, learn a new skill. But yeah, I definitely, if, if Kat Grant said, hey, Rebecca, pick whatever job you want, I would I would definitely pick something I knew I, knew I could do. Um, that's a little daunting, but um, I, I'm, that's now making me curious about Cara's job. Me too. I'm especially curious um, because we got that casting news about... Um. Oh, why am I blanking on the name? You are, must are know you, what I'm talking about. Are you thinking about. about Snapper Car? I am. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm wondering if maybe it's something in journalism. 
Yeah, it sort of sounded from the way they were talking that maybe Kara and Snapper have some kind of dynamic. So I have a feeling that their jobs are connected. Hmm. Uh, in another roundtable interview, uh, Sarah Schechter said that Kara's season two arc would be about having it all. Um, Sarah asked the question, how do you be everything to everyone? How do you balance your personal and professional life? How do you come to terms with that complexity and the choices you have to make? Uh, what you selfishly want, want and what's the right thing to do? So it sounds like Car is going to be sort of trying to juggle a lot of stuff next season. She's essentially like the superhero version of Liz Lemon uh, yes. from 30 Rock wanting to have it all. <laughs> Uh, I would I would really love to uh, to see a show that that basically just like went into that just like had Liz Lemon as a superhero. Oh my gosh, that just can't imagine how terrible the world would be. Oh. <laughs> Everything would go wrong, but I, she would still have her like her her snuggie and her yeah, night cheese. Yeah, yeah, she would she would work on that night cheese and listen to a little Bonnie Raitt and go to sleep. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see that episode. I feel like, um, well, you know, Kara and Alex kind of do that. That's true. That's true. You know, that is fair. They, 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 they always have their Netflix and they their have, and their food. and their pizza and their ice cream. They do. They are kind of Liz Lemony on the show. So I, I guess it's a it's a fair comparison. <laughs> well, and we also got a lot of stuff about Clark Kent and Superman because Tyler Hecklin was one of the people who went to San Diego this year. And executive producer Sarah Schechter, which we keep mentioning because she was the one with all the information. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She had this to say about the dynamic between Clark and Kara. She said, quote, Clark has a very different experience of what it means to have superpowers on Earth. And there's some headbutting and philosophical approaches that are different. And we'll get into all of that, unquote. And I, um, I think that's actually great because... One of the things that I think about when I think of Superman and Supergirl or Clark and and Kara is that Clark is usually a little more serious than she is. And she's kind of the, you know, punch first, ask ask questions later kind of gal. So I I think that them headbutting within their dynamic, I think, is actually pretty accurate. I think it's going to be interesting because uh, most of my um, my knowledge of sort of that relationship comes from a little show that Rebecca knows called Smallville <laughs> yeah. where where Clark was so far behind Kara in that version in everything like she was zipping around flying all over the place and Clark was just like moping in his barn about his love life right and so it, it'll be interesting to see that flipped a little bit like he's going to be the one who has the superheroing down a little bit more and she's going to be the one that's like, eh, yay, ice cream. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that dynamic. I mean, I hope they, do, they don't turn like too hard into like Superman being kind of a, like a killjoy. Like I don't really want to see him just be like stern all the time. But it'll be interesting for her to see like the last time we saw her interact with the superhero, it was like the like the golden retriever of all superheroes which is barry allen (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see her interact with like maybe a little bit more of a straight and narrow kind of kind of superhero yeah and i i expect that he will be something of a mentor to her because even on smallville there were a couple of times where clark would have to show her how to do something how to harness her powers like a especially the scene where she uh, she and Clark are in the barn and they're dealing with her heat vision and he's trying to show her how to do it to where it's like, you know, really precise and they like end up blowing up pumpkins or whatever that, whatever <laughs> that was. Uh, pumpkins, watermelons, something, some sort of, it, it, it's some it sort of some, thing some sort that of, like, some sort of fruit didn't make that it. <laughs> it, it. It exploded and got messy, whatever that was. Uh, so there is, there is that dynamic to play with. And speaking of their dynamic, Sarah also went on to say, quote, this show is about family, the family you make as an adult and the family you came from. It makes sense for Kara to reconnect with him, talking about Clark now, unquote. And she brought that up in terms of the fact that they were losing Laura Benanti because she's all on Broadway and stuff. And so I, I think that's actually a great way to look at it is that they're maybe, I hope not forever, but maybe they are not able to use Allura as much anymore. And of course, Astra died. So her, you know, Kara's closest 
living relative who is of her, you know, actual um, Kryptonian family would be Clark. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I was one of the few people when they announced that Superman was going to be on Supergirl that was not like, yay. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, Because I really wanted to continue to be her show. And Superman is such a big presence that I was a little bit afraid that like Superman was going to come on the show and just kind of like take it over and she was going to be in his shadow. But hearing it put this way, like from a narrative perspective, like he is her link to her family and to her past. I think that makes so much sense to me. And it made me feel like a lot more excited, I think, about his presence on the show. Yeah, I'm still a little skeptical because I think we just we have to see it first, you know, to to really understand how they're going to play all of this. Uh, just because I, I do think it still needs to be her show first and foremost, because I know I, I got a little uneasy with all this stuff at San Diego because there was a lot of Superman talk. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it made me kind of like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that because everyone is talking about Superman instead of Supergirl. But I think, you know, I think it could be a very different thing on screen and to see how they're actually going to play them together, I think will will make such a difference. And uh, speaking of Superman, at the time of San Diego Comic-Con, I, I thought this was really interesting because I was really confused. I felt like it was a little conflicting information. Tyler Hecklin, I watched multiple interviews with him. He said he had not tried on the Superman suit yet. But in one of the roundtable interviews, Sarah Schechter mentioned that she had the privilege of seeing Tyler in the suit. So I was like, what is, hmm. that? What is happening? Um, I don't know if... Um, you know, I thought at first she had maybe seen concept art. You know, sometimes they'll draw the actors and concept art of them in the suits. Um, but she actually flat out said in the interview that she had uh, seen him put it on. So I, it's not a big deal. It really doesn't matter. But I just thought it was really odd. I was like, y'all get your story straight. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's very confusing. Maybe he thought that people were asking if he'd like filmed a scene with it oh, on. Like, maybe that was, like, what, like, if people were like, oh, have you, you know, have you been in the suit yet? And maybe he thought, oh, no, I haven't, you know, I haven't been in the suit in a scene. But he maybe had been at at a costume fitting or something. Yeah. Well, and now that that makes me kind of wonder, like, you know, how how are they going to make the you know are they going to make his suit similar to Kara's like are are there going to be some uh consistencies through that I I don't know I'm very curious to to see you know what it looks like I'm sure we'll get some sort of promotional image of him in the suit uh, at some point Um, but that was just kind of an interesting thing I was like what is happening (laughs) um but in uh one of the kind of fun moments from the panel was uh Tyler Hecklin was kind of egged on to make the the S curl in his hair and he was very game and he did it for the crowd. And so I thought that that was nice that he uh, wanted to kind of, you know, go there, even though uh, I think he was a little shy about it at first. So I was actually kind of, I will admit, I was a little won over by Tyler Hecklin. I, I, w- I didn't know much about him and I'm trying to be really objective about, you know, all the different <laughs> supermen. Um, but I thought he was very courteous in all the interviews I saw of him. And uh, he he's, it sounded like that day when he was doing press with all of them, that was like their first real, you know, time to hang out with each other. <laughs> so I think oh, wow. he was kind of thrown into the mix with all of them. But they seemed to really gel and have a good time. So um, I think that will do a lot for, uh, you know, all of their their screen time when they actually do get to shoot some things. Because I don't even know if they've shot anything yet. And yeah, I don't know. I don't need know either. I was uh, Rebecca and I were talking a little bit before that we start recording the podcast about how um, when you're in the press rooms for these things, uh, it turns out half the time that the cast and, and the crew, they haven't really shot much um, because it's so early. So you'll be in a press room and you'll be like, what's coming up for the season? And they'll be like, we started shooting yesterday. Uh, so it, 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 I, I could buy the fact that they haven't shot anything and they maybe this is the first time they've like got to spend any significant amount of time with each other. Yeah. I, I think I saw a little while ago, I don't know how 
far back it was, but McCod Brooks had posted something where he was showing video of them actually constructing the sets back in, you know, well, back up, but in Vancouver. Oh, wow. They have to actually build all of the Catco sets and all of those things in Vancouver. So they can't shoot anything until they have all of that finished. So I don't know exactly when that gets finished. So they can't do anything until Catco (laughs) is rebuilt. Um, and I, I think I heard in one of the interviews that they have the first three scripts. So they do know some things. Um, but as far as actually shooting things and being back in the suits and everything, it's not something it didn't, it didn't sound like that that was something that was happening yet. Yeah. I had completely forgot that they were like moving locations. So that's right. going to be, a, uh, that's going to be a, a, a kind of a chore for them. <laughs> But it's pretty impressive that they're able to do that. I always think that's such an undertaking, but they they yeah, get it. They it's get it be a done. big job. Carr is not going to be the only person we're going to see um, interacting with Superman. Uh, McCad Brooks um, also made mention of some bro time between James <laughs> and Clark, um, and in a roundtable interview, he even said that the talk about um about james's relationship with Kara happens between james and superman <laughs> so i think that's funny i was when i saw the talk i was like oh my god does does clark not think that like the birds and the bees conversation hasn't happened yet <laughs> <laughs> like that would be amazing if he's like jimmy when a man loves a woman <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he would probably, I'm sure he would be able to explain that with a lot of decorum and uh, a lot of sensitivity. Uh, But uh, no, it sounds like this is about Clark finding out that James is is dating his cousin. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm really curious to see what their relationship is like because we had so many allusions to it last season where he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like Superman is my BFF. But uh, it'll be interesting to see it, like, on screen, like, their friendship. Yeah, yeah. if, if he comes back into Catco and, and, and James has a, you know, a dynamic that clicks with him right away. And, yeah, I, th- I think that'll be uh, something to look out for. Uh, in another roundtable interview, Kyler Lee mentioned that we might get to see Alex's relationship with Superman because he's part of the Danvers family. Yeah, and I'm excited about this because we know that Superman dropped Kara <laughs> just left her there. I don't know. We don't, we don't know the extent to which he revisited, you know, visited the Danvers family. But uh, we do know that Superman found Kara a home with the Danvers and they have, you know, a connection. So I'm, I'm curious as to what Alex thinks about Superman. Yeah, me too. Uh, anything that is that equals more Alex, I'm always down for. But, uh, yeah, when I was thinking about Superman coming onto the show, I admit I never thought, like, ah, I wonder what he and Alex are going to think of each other. So I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And I'm with you. Any, any, anything we can get with Alex, I am down for. I uh, feel like we could even see, like, a little bit of, like, um, an, like a, maybe a little even a antagonism between the two of them. Like, just kind of, like, I don't know, competing for, you know, like, fat family points with Kara. Yeah, well, and if you think about it, I mean, Clark is Kara's blood relative. I mean, they're connected. They have that blood bond, but Alex is the adoptive sister, so there's a different relationship there. So I'm I'm sure their connectivity to Kara is much different, and I think there could be a little I don't know, jealousy or competitiveness that might um might come with the the nature of their relationships. Uh, with each other. So, I, yeah, I'm very curious about that now. <laughs> um, and we got some James Olsen news, uh, which I thought was positive, and, and I'm very happy to hear McCod very excited. He said that uh, James's character, like he found out that James's character arc, uh, what it was going to be, around the time of San Diego Comic-Con, and he said it was super exciting. He used he used the pun. Uh, but, <laughs> but in his words, James's arc for season two is super exciting. And I was really glad to hear that because I think, you know, we talked about this on Supergirl Radio a lot, that he didn't really have a lot to do in season one. So I would love to see him with a storyline. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I love the actor. Uh, I liked him a lot before on, um, I think it was a USA show called Necessary Roughness. I think the actor just has so much natural charisma, and I, I hope that they play to that a little bit more in season two. I feel like sometimes they 
they steered a little bit too hard into making him like the traditional love interest character. And some sometimes when I, I really enjoyed like, you know, when he got a little bit jealous uh, of Kara, <laughs> uh, of Kara's relationship with, uh, and I can't remember who it was <laughs> at the time. Oh, but I liked, oh uh, are you talking about Cat Grant's son? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. liked when he got to be a little bit more silly and like a little bit more petty. Um, so, and I obviously love like the more emotional beats where he talked about his father and things like that. So I'd love to see just like more, just more of Jimmy overall. Yeah, and Jimmy Olsen is a is kind of a quirky character because he does a lot of weird things in the comics. So <laughs> I would like to see this this version of James, even though he's more mature, he's James the grown man Olsen. But I, I want to get I want to see him get into his weird turtle boy antics and all that kind of stuff. Like I want to see him in what (laughs) that's a conversation for probably another time um but i want to see some some of those more uh jimmy olsen characteristics come into because we saw him use a camera and and talk about the daily planet but i want to see some of that stuff from his comic book counterpart kind of come into play because uh he could he could get into some real (laughs) some real uh dicey situations um, and we also learned a little bit more about what Alex might be doing in season two. In many interviews that I watched, Kyler Lee talked about season two being an opportunity for us to learn about Alex outside of the DEO and her relationship with Kara. So I am pumped about this. I know we, when we read Adventures of Supergirl, we got a little information about Alex's backstory and, and a little bit more about her there. So I'm hoping we get to see you know, uh, I, I think Kyler even joked that, you know, she she doesn't even know where Alex lives, you know. <laughs> so I, I think that would be nice to get to see what Alex does, you know, on her downtime when she's not hanging out with Kara. What it, what is Alex into? Yeah, I would like to know that as well. I mean, besides Netflix <laughs> and ice cream, I, I want to know, like, what what is Alex doing, like, on her day off? Like, what what's she up to? Is she, like, knitting <laughs> is she like is she like kickboxing like I can just imagine like I, I just imagine that like a, a completely out of like out of nowhere version of Alex that we could see now now that we like learn a little bit more about her like like where does she live <laughs> I just want to know so many things about Alex that would be such a great take if she was the total opposite of what she is in the DEO like it, you're just like what this is this is what Alex does yeah, I, I think that would be a, a a good way to find something out about her you didn't know is to see her in an element or an environment that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, we also learned a little bit more about Wynn um, in a video with Entertainment Weekly uh, and also multiple other interviews that he did. Uh, we found out that uh, Wynn is getting a, jo- a new job at the DEO. Uh, so that makes me wonder, does that mean that he's uh, not going to be at CatCo or is this like a, a like a side job? I I don't know that he never really like solidified that. I I think maybe at this at this point maybe he's like Catco is you know under underutilizing my abilities. I don't know, but it 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 would be weird in some respects if he went to the DEO full time because they have that whole. I, I'm guessing they still have that like super friends office where they went to go. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what happens, what happens to the unpainted, does that (laughs) barely, barely drywalled super friends office? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that's Kara's office. I don't know. So like they had that whole setup with all the monitors and, and when was using that. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, but I'm curious though, because we saw him a little bit at the DEO last season. So I think that would be a good fit for him. What makes me really excited about this, um, this development though, is that, this means we'll get to see Wynn like interact a lot with both Hank and Alex. Yeah. And I feel like that is going to be hopefully a very funny <laughs> like dynamic. Like I just feel like Wynn is such a humorous character and both Alex and Hank can be very like – straight man about yeah, it they've, so got, I feel they've like got the weight on the of the world on their shoulders they do they've got a lot going on and win can be a little bit like off in the cloud so i would <laughs> i'd really like to see like the first time like win goes off on like a tangent or something and like hank just stares at him yeah they don't they don't have time for it it's gonna be good um in another roundtable interview uh jeremy jordan suggested that win is going to fanboy over superman uh which i feel like is probably not all that surprising <laughs> he did he did sort of have a moment when he found out that clark kent was superman 
back in season one. So now, now I'm looking forward to seeing him have that information and what does he do with it? <laughs> and in and, and multiple interviews, he also talked about how Wynn is going to have more confidence and a self-esteem in season two, which I think is good. I think it's um, one of the problems that I consistently had with the first season, especially the first run of the first season, was that Wynn Wynn's only purpose seemed to be um, to like walk into a scene, pine over Kara, and then like exit stage left. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think that I think that they've really put that to bed. I don't feel like they're that they're going to revive that love triangle. I mean, I could be wrong, and maybe we'll be back to pining. But uh, I feel like that love triangle has seen its day. It was never all that successful, and they just and they like they noticed that, and they were like, you know what, no one's loving this. Let's move on. And I think that they work much better as friends anyway so I think I, I like the idea of having a win that is more confident and and you know goes through the world more confidently and is less like just wandering around corners like sighing over Kara yeah well and I think it makes sense because if your best friend is Supergirl and you at one point defeated a supercomputer named Indigo. <laughs> I think you would have a certain amount of confidence after that. Yeah, that's going that to give you a little swag, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. I, I would like to see more from Wynn in terms of, you know, who he is and why he thinks he, uh, the way he does. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited about that, too. And this is a fun tidbit, but in one of the roundtable interviews, Jeremy Jordan talked about how he read Adventures of Supergirl that was written by Sterling Gates. Yay! Yay! Which, uh, by the way, you should pre-order the first volume of Adventures of Supergirl uh, because it's coming out soon. Yeah, get that trade paperback, guys. Get them uh, trades. Get them <laughs> trades. Hashtag get them trades. Um, yeah, and that, that's cool because I, I, I appreciate that You know, some of the cast has been invested enough to check that out. And it, it, I think it tickled him a little bit that Wayne got to be in a comic. So uh, I think that's awesome. Well, in David Harewood news, he teased that, quote, a familiar face will be coming back that Martian Manhunter probably didn't think he'd see again and that he's not particularly pleased to see, unquote. Um, and that really piqued my interest and the only thing I could think of about who this familiar face would be is that maybe he was talking about the real Hank Henshaw. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of as well. I need I need to revisit that episode. Yeah, I believe I, the, wasn't the real Hank Henshaw like kind of a jerk. He was then, he was a jerk. Yes, and he was like trying to kill um, Manhunter, and then he like did he fall off a cliff? I feel like he fell off a cliff. But no one's ever dead in these shows anyway. So like you just know that's like a ticking time bomb that like somebody with Hank's exact face is gonna like stroll in at, at any moment. Yeah, and I I hope that if it is the real Hank Henshaw, I would love to see a cyborg Superman. The the very first time I found out Hank Henshaw was going to be on the show, Cyborg Superman has been on my priority list. <laughs> so um, I would love to see like Martian Manhunter versus Cyborg Superman at some point. Um, so I don't know. It could totally not be Hank Henshaw, but that would be something I would guess because he wouldn't want Hank Henshaw to come back because he's kind of stolen his identity a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, so I, I think it fits the bill, but it could totally be somebody else. Um, and he also, David Harewood also teased that in episode 202, and this is kind of cool, that Martian Manhunter will be fighting alongside Supergirl and Superman. So we're, we have a lot of flying Ooh. heroes this season. A lot, of, a lot of heroes who can fly and do all sorts of crazy powers. So um, that should be very interesting. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, a, um, as far as Linda Carter's season two appearance, which I think we're all pretty, uh, pretty hyped about, <laughs> uh, she's going to be the president of the United States, as she should be. Uh, Sarah Schnecker described what kind of president uh, Carter's will be, saying, I think we should expect that a female president is going to lead well, which... <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, to me when I read that, I think that I – well, I assume that she's going to maybe have a positive impact on Supergirl or Supergirl will have a positive impact on her. It doesn't sound like they will be at odds, but uh, that that could be totally something else. But it, it sounds like the, the president she will be playing will be a good president. Yeah, that's, that's the impression I get as well. Yeah, so that's, that's good. I'm glad she, she might be playing a good guy. 
or a good lady. Um, and in Snapper Car News, Sarah Schechter referenced Lou Grant when describing Ian Gomez's Snapper Car, which let me just tell you, that made me super excited. I know that there are some people who watch the show who have no idea who Lou Grant is. Um, <laughs> but he was Mary Tyler Moore's boss on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And he's sort of what, if you watch 30 Rock, what uh, Alec Baldwin's Jack Donaghy, sort of how he's how he is played as the the heart, you know, the boss who's kind of hard on the on the uh the you know Mary Tyler Moore or uh Tina Fey's Liz Lemon. Um they have that kind of gruff dynamic. Um so I, I'm a big fan of the Mary Tyler Moore show. I actually saw Ed Asner at Dragon Con one time. He had a panel and it was the greatest panel in the history of Dragon Con that I've ever been to because it was the last day. It was on Monday, and he pulled out a cigar, and it's in a hotel. <laughs> it's, in, it's in a hotel room, and this is like unheard of. I've never seen this in all my years of going to Dragon Con. Ed Asner, he's probably like 120 years old at this point. He pulls out a cigar, lights it up, and he's just like nobody's telling him he can't do it. <laughs> you don't tell Ed Asner he can't have his cigar. Oh, my gosh. And it, I, I just was like, this is the power of Ed Asner, that he's just going to do this and nobody cares. Um, but he's also the guy who played, if if you don't know him from the Mary Tyler Moore show, he's also the voice of Granny Goodness in the DCAU. So uh, that kind of gives you if, you, if if you need to have that reference point of what Snapper Car might be like, he might be like that, where he's kind of really hard on Kara and um, uh, has kind of a gruff exterior. So I'm, I'm really, I'm m- much more excited about Snapper Car than I was. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think it's gonna, I'm, I'm excited to see another sort of like mentor figure for Kara. Although I am worried, does that, that this might mean we get less Cat Grant, who I love very much. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They, because it's tough because at San Diego, uh, Callista was not there, um, and they, you know, all mentioned Cat Grant and Callista and wanted to see a lot of her. It didn't sound like we will be missing her. I think they'll just be using her in better ways. Like we don't have to see her every day because Kara has a different job now, so she might not see Cat anyway. And uh, so I think, I think we'll probably. It sounded like we will see a lot of Cat. But, um, that's good. That, but, that's a relief to me. But I, 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 uh, I assume that they're bringing in this uh, this editor character to sort of uh, take some of the load off of the Cat Grant character um, in terms of being Kara's like one and only mentor. So it'll be interesting to see her have several mentors this season because she's going to have her new editor and she's going to have Cat and she's going to have Superman. Right, right. And I'm dealing with a lot of things. Yeah, and she's probably going to be like, stop telling me what to do. (laughs) Um, But I think it was interesting because Melissa talked about how Kara's dynamic with Kat is a very kind of symbiotic relationship where they kind of were able to understand each other, even though Kat was really hard on her. They sort of gelled in a lot of ways, but her relation, Kara's relationship with Snapper is not going to be like that at all. So um, that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so as obviously everyone knows, uh, Supergirl has moved from CBS, has flown from CBS to the CW. <laughs> um, and so in a roundtable interview, uh, Sarah Schechter mentioned that somehow the show has more money with the CW than CBS, which seems confusing to me. How is that the case? <laughs> I don't know either. I, I was very surprised to hear that. Yeah, me too. Like, I mean, and I've watched a couple of the superhero shows on uh, the CW and I follow them. Like, The Flash does an amazing job on its budget. But for, like, you know, for Legends of Tomorrow, there's some times when they're just, like, in the ship because they blew their budget the week before. (laughs) So, (laughs) they're, like, you know... Uh, in the 70s, but we're just, they're like, just kind of in normal clothes and they're just walking around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised to hear that somehow their budget has increased, even though they don't have that sweet, sweet CBS money anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, Sarah Schechter sounded very confident that the show would still look really good. So I know we had those questions previously from listeners who were concerned about the special effects and how the show would look visually. But it sounds like we don't have anything to worry about, that it might actually look better. 
surprise. Yeah, that's that's funny. It's funny because like I feel like my first reaction upon hearing that uh, Supergirl is moving to C- the CW, besides like, yay, it's got a second season, and oh, that makes more sense. That's where it should have been to begin with. Was that I figured that like Mar- Martian Man? If you've ever seen like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and you've seen the Green Man, which is just like a guy in a green bodysuit, I was just like, that's going to be the Martian Manhunt <laughs> for next season. It's just going to be David Harewood in like a green latex bodysuit, just like. Like, I'm an alien. <laughs> so it's 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 good to hear that that's probably not the case. Well, and as we previously talked about, Martian Manhunter and Supergirl and Superman are going to be fighting together, which would probably require a lot of special effects. So they're not like holding anything back. It seems like they're going for it. Yeah, yeah, they're going all out. They're gonna they're gonna show us early on, like we have a budget. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna prove it to us. Um, the CW has also launched a new Facebook page for all of their DC superhero shows, which is pretty fun. Uh, it's facebook.com slash DC on the CW. Which makes a ton of sense. It does. Um, it does. I mean, at some point, that network is just going to become like a DC TV network, I think. It's just, it's slowly happening. Yeah, what would, what would they call it? DC CW? I don't know what they... I feel like they would just drop the CW. They would just be like, we don't need you anymore. (laughs) Just DC just takes it over. (laughs) Um, Well, they have to watch it if they called it DC TV. I think uh, I know some people who might have some um, questionable um, (laughs) things about that. But uh, yeah, I think that's it's kind of cool to have everything in one place. And uh, so that makes a lot of sense with, you know, trying to keep up and promoting the show. They can kind of do that all in one place now. So definitely go and like DC on the CW. Well, I think that's going to do it. We covered a lot of stuff, Morgan, even though <laughs> even though they didn't say anything. Uh, <laughs> even though they didn't give a lot of information, there was still a lot of information, just like how we expected to learn more, but we wanted to learn less. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's it's neat sometimes when you kind of go in those interviews and just see what what are they not supposed to tell us. Um, so but I think that will do it for our discussion about all things San Diego from uh, this year's Comic Con. But if you would like to contact us with any feedback, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify. So definitely check out our playlist. Uh, We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we are also part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, and even the DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV Podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. The great thing about the mega feed, especially like on iTunes, is that you have all of this, all of these shows in one place. So you don't have to subscribe to like, <laughs> how many different podcasts do we have now? Oh my God. It just, it's funny because like, as I've been doing this, the list has been getting longer. <laughs> like, like, I feel like I just, I spend so much, I'm not just like, I zombie. And an arrow. <laughs> it's like, like so, I have to take a big breath before going through the list now. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's good because you know, if if you have it all in one place, then you can keep up with everything. So that's a great way to do it with the mega feed. But yeah, keeps it keeps growing. It, it, it might grow even more. I don't know. Sky's the limit. Um, Never let, know. Let's see how many podcasts we can get on the mega feed. Let's see if we can break <laughs> a break a record. Um, make it so much harder for Morgan. Make him yes, make her, yes. Make, make her, me have to take like a really deep breath, like the kind you would if you were like diving underwater. Yeah, you're going to have to go under uh, underwater training to <laughs> to learn how to do the or the the Kenny um oh my gosh, the saxophone player, Kenny G, the the, the Oh the, yeah. the circular breathing he does to play the saxophone <laughs> a really long time. That's that's what you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn a new skill to read that paragraph. <laughs> I'm going to have to go train, like, in the mountains with Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> Please report back. Can we do a podcast series 
Uh, I will. Yes, on your training with Kenny G. Um, well, as far as keeping up with me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Um, I'm taking a little bit of a break, but I don't know. You might see me pop up next month. Um, and you can also watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And if I get my act together, maybe a, a series of videos will pop up about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people have asked me about my thoughts and I'm willing to give them because I could talk about that movie all day and all night. Um, I mean, you've seen it like once or twice. I mean, like, like, I mean, like once or twice, like, yeah, you, you don't, you haven't seen it a bunch, so you don't remember a I'm, lot about I mean, it. I mean, I was kind of like halfway paying attention, but I still kind of got it. Um, so, uh, if you are one of those people who wants to know my humble thoughts and opinions, um, hopefully I'll, I'll get my act together and have that sometime by the end of the summer. So, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're interested in that. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Um, I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, we apparently, some of my co-hosts bumped into some of the cast at some uh, San Diego Comic-Con parties. <laughs> As it turns out, they have listened to our podcast, oh. um, which makes me somewhat uncomfortable about our frequent <laughs> ripping on rip. <laughs> because apparently our Arthur Darville has listened to our podcast. So, sorry. You know what? We love you. You have to be honest. You have to say your real opinions and how you really feel. Otherwise, we do love Rip. We just don't think that he's very good at his job. (laughs) Uh, um, But so hopefully, maybe we can parlay some of that uh, tipsy uh, San Diego Comic Con conversation (laughs) into some good guests um, this summer and going forward. Um, So fingers crossed on that one. Um, but you can also find me, um, writing for buddytv.com. Uh, this summer I am recapping Pretty Little Liars, but maybe more exciting for you guys. Uh, I should have some Comic-Con coverage coming up, um, in the next, uh, you know, in the next couple weeks for some of the summer shows and the next couple months for some of the shows that are premiering in the fall. That's awesome. Well, yeah, you need to take what you learned out there and all of your experiences and share it with the world. I do. I think we would all like to read that. Well, that's awesome. Well, until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And even though we didn't learn a ton (laughs) at San Diego Comic-Con, we are so glad to learn more about the upcoming season of Supergirl. Supergirl.